Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of College Football with the Betting Predators. I am your host, Justin Rodriguez. You can find me on Twitter, at CoachJRod1. I am blessed for nine straight weeks to be joined, accompanied, mentored by one of the best handicappers of any sport in all of America. That's right, he's my Uncle Dave. Your wannabe Uncle Dave. Um, I've also known him to be known as Diamond Dave. I'd like to get into the story about that. How Diamond Dave came about. He's known to as RJ Bell or referred to by RJ Bell. That's Dave Essler. You can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Quite the introduction. Yes, Uncle Dave? Yeah, I, I was, I kind of stopped at nine weeks. I was, uh, has it really been that long? I guess it has. Yeah, we've been through two DNA tests, a third on the way, contract negotiations, uh, possibly a strike, buyout clause, um, every other technical term. Uh, some uh, law firm did go through, um, I believe, what was it, 15 years of prior emails and everything checks out. Well, you know, I guess we better just call it good. I'm, I'm afraid I'm stuck with you, I guess. You have to be at least till the end of the season. And uh, next week, um, you know, it's, it's just going to be another crapshoot, Uncle Dave. So uh, I just take it one week at a time. I can't guarantee myself anything with you. Well, you know, I'll hold, I'll hold your feet to the fire if you do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think the biggest thing that I have to wrestle with is uh, your golf schedule. Um, so finding ways around that since you are in the uh, retirement home uh, in Lake Buena Vista, uh, Florida. Isn't that where uh, Jerry Seinfeld's parents retired? I wouldn't know because I don't live there. That's too close to Orlando. Okay. I mean, I might as well live in Vegas year round if that was the case. Hey, don't tempt me. If my wife would let me, we, we would actually be in South Lake Tahoe and I'd make the short trip over. Uh, I could do that quicker than I could do Lake Buena Vista. That's for sure. Wonderful. Well, we got a good slate, Uncle Dave. We're going to have some pizza bets. We're getting into the heart of it. Um, I, I, over the weekend, you did, though, um, give me some advice on touting. Um, now, I just want to make, uh, make it known to everybody that I am not good enough to join Uncle Dave um, on the NFL pod, but uh, your, your nephew did go 4-1, and one and I didn't make that known. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so we might be throwing out one NFL play at the end just so that way I can appease myself. And then when I lose, I'll never bring it up again. Yes, you will. <laughs> I will. How about that? Perfect. Uncle Dave, who's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time? Of all time? Well, my time goes before your time. Well, I'm just going to stop you. You know it's Ricky Henderson. I was going to agree with you, and then I realized he – I was going to say him, and then I, I realized he was a, an Oakland A's guy – that's who you would go with regardless. So. <laughs> well, it's factual. I don't know, Trish Speaker. Well, when Ricky's in a slump, you don't move him down in the order, okay? You keep him right in there because you know he's going to get rolling. I've lost three in a row on my best bet. Started out 5-0. and oh, Now we're 0-3. But I'm going to stay in this leadoff spot, okay? So I'm going to stay with it. We have number nine, Iowa. They're 6-1. and one. They're going to be traveling to Wisconsin, who's four and three. Opening line, Wisconsin minus three over under 37. Current line, Wisconsin minus three and a half over under 36 and a half. I'm ready to get back in the winner's circle, Uncle Dave. 
This is one of the lowest totals a year. And by, and, and by far to this point, people have been taking the over cash and tickets. I think the average guy looks at this game and thinks, man, 36 and a half points. That's only five touchdowns and a field goal. But if you look close, these are two of the best defenses in the nation. Um, I was only giving up 14 points per game while Wisconsin is giving up 18 points per game. Both teams offensively love to run the football. Wisconsin is actually averaging more rushing yards and passing yards on the season, 218 rushing as opposed to 146 throwing. With Petrus at quarterback for the, for the Hawks and the Hawkeyes there, uh, he's only having a nine to six touchdown to interception ratio on the year. Whenever we are in critical moments with Iowa, they love to keep it on the ground. The only problem with both teams loving to run the ball is that both teams have exceptional run defenses. Wisconsin is only allowing an eye popping 53 rush yards per game. With all this being said, okay, for many, many reasons, um, this is a must-win game for both teams. Iowa wants to reclaim their loss two weeks ago against Purdue, and Wisconsin wants to keep rolling after three straight wins. Although both teams know it's going to be hard to run the ball on each other, I don't believe that either team wants to put the ball in their quarterback's hands in critical situations in this big time of a game. Even with that eye-popping number of 36-and-a-half, best bet give me the under, Uncle Dave. What do you have to say about that? I so want to disagree with you because that's my, my nature, but I'm not sure I can. Um, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I know the Badgers hung 30 on Purdue. So for them, that was an offensive outburst, but Mertz only had to throw the ball eight times because they ran for almost 300 yards and Iowa isn't going to let that happen. And in that Purdue game, the Badgers were one for 11 on third down. And that's something that might not change against the Hawkeyes. And speaking of Purdue, yeah, they did beat Iowa, but they threw the ball for 378 yards something Wisconsin isn't going to be able to do under any circumstances. Petrus threw four picks in that Purdue game. That's not going to happen again. Uh, I must admit, I'm a little more than surprised that the Badgers love in the market. You know, there's no new IR injuries. It is what it is. Um, and I think that total of 36 and a half, even at that, uh, is still too high. We got, as you said, two of the best defenses in the nation. Uh, in fact, statistically, there's not a ton of separation on either side of the ball, I think. The biggest difference I could find is in turnovers. Iowa's number one in the nation in takeaways. Wisconsin actually has a minus 1.1 turnover ratio per game. Uh, so I do think it comes down to that critical turnover. And I, I do think this game does stay under. I mean, Iowa won this game last year, 28 to 7, in the game that saw 17 punts and 7 for 31 on third downs. And I, I think we see more of the same type of game this season. And while I lean Iowa, I do like the under as well. Yeah, you always reference whenever we're talking about low totals, and in this one, exceptionally low totals, it's really hard for you to give up more than a field goal. I think people are forgetting that Iowa had that week off. I think the final taste left in their mouth was pretty bad after they stunk it up against Purdue, and then they watched uh, Wisconsin beat Purdue. So I think there's a little bit of a recency bias there. But the last time we saw Iowa uh, on the road in this type of situation, uh, they completely blew out Maryland. Um, I tend to think that Iowa's going to be more Ready coming off this bye. Uh, do you think that maybe the average fan um, is just forgetting that bye week and the rest that Iowa had? Or do you think that that's uh, incorporated into the number? I think it's incorporated into the number. I don't think that the typical fan thinks about that. So you brought up a point I didn't cover. Um, but yes, that's definitely a big factor. And you know, there's also sometimes it's the whole rest or rust. And Sometimes that's hard to predict too. You know, I think people tend to 
instinctively go, oh, they're off a bye, they're all rested. But, you know, that kind of depends. You know, maybe they are. Um, you know, teams that were on kind of a hot streak, um, they didn't necessarily want to buy, uh, and they come out a little rusty. And and you mentioned Wisconsin, uh, Iowa rather coming in off of a crap performance. You know, I would think that that would would tend to make them better in this situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they've had a lot of time to think about it. Um, the other thing that just led me a little bit towards the under that I didn't speculate is that 11 o'clock start time. Um, everybody's just kind of waking up, and I know that I was had a couple or had a week off, and they're coming into it. But at the end of the day, we're dealing with college kids. Um, are these some of the most disciplined college kids in the world? Absolutely. But still, you never know who's staying up. You never know who's having a good time with who. Uh, you, you don't know who's rolling into that uh, game the next morning fully rested. So I, I always tend to think those 11 o'clock, now that we move into October to November uh, start times, especially with it being cold, cold although both teams should be used to it, uh, could kind of uh, you know make it a slow start early in the morning. They're just kind of waking up. I'm sure they have to get to the field um, well before eight o'clock and uh, they could kind of be dragging their feet. Do you look at that at all, those early start times and lean towards under there, or is there just no correlation with you? I, I think it correlates to me in the crowd. You know, I mean, the crowd isn't as enthusiastic as they would be in a, in a seven or eight o'clock at night game where they've had most of the day to prepare in whatever way they choose to prepare. So I, I do think that that is definitely a factor. Duly noted, duly noted. Um, we're going to move on, Uncle Dave. Number six, Michigan. They're seven and zero. They're traveling to Michigan State in state rivals here. Michigan State seven and zero as well. Opening line: Michigan minus four over under fifty two. Current line: Michigan staying at minus four over under fifty and a half. Uncle Dave. Neither team has really had an impressive win to me up until this point, which leads me to not be able to get a good read on either one. Michigan's best win was probably at Wisconsin, and then Michigan State's best win was probably either at Miami, which we think Miami's kind of average, if not below average, to this point, or at Indiana. Um, I haven't seen the best of either of these teams in my, in my opinion, and I'm not really sure which way to go here. It's going to be hard for me to fade, uh, getting the home team in the points though. Yeah, I don't, I, I agree with you there. I mean, it's hard for me not to like a home underdog at, at first glance anyway, even with all the Michigan love, they were up to four and a half at a while, for a while. Uh, and that's with more Sparty tickets. So, you know, there was a lot of money on Michigan. Uh, but what I don't like about Michigan state is, as you mentioned, their schedule, perhaps the best team they might have faced is Nebraska, a team they beat at home by three. Um, you know, Michigan beat Wisconsin badly in Madison. So they do have the clear strength of, strength of schedule advantage uh, and obviously an impressive road win. So I think that's underscored in the ratings. Like Michigan has the 18th toughest schedule in the nation. You know, I, the winner's going to have to throw the ball. I mean, face it, you know. I think although Michigan State has the advantage there, Michigan State's quarterback has also been sacked like a ton and a ton more than Michigan. So, you know, it comes down to a kick maybe. I think Michigan State's at a disadvantage in the kicking game. You know, I guess the intangibles here, you know, it's obviously a huge rivalry. Um, but last year, both teams moved the ball well. Over 400 yards of offense on both sides. I don't think that happens again. You know, since, since I can't get to Michigan for the game, uh, because it's totally a matter of trust, you know, it's you know, for a long time, we haven't been able to trust Michigan, and I'm not really sure a handful of games makes me totally trust Michigan. Uh, but I do think they come out on attack. I don't think they're going to play possum. So 
I do like Michigan for the first half. Uh, if it's closer later, I think the crowd becomes a bigger factor, uh, which is another reason laying four and a half isn't probably possible for me. I'm, I'm not sure that Michigan can get margin. So I, I lean under and I like Michigan for the first half. You know, it's interesting. The public and the cash um, is on the under as well. Uh, Michigan defensive line is really the difference maker for me in this game. They have two guys that are going to be probably first round draft picks. And if they know that Michigan, Michigan state's going to be throwing the ball, they could really pin their ears back and try to get after the quarterback. I know Thorne has been exceptional this year, 15 touchdowns to only four interceptions. So he's done a really good job. Um, throwing the ball and protecting the ball. But I think, like you said, Michigan State uh, knows that its path to victory is going to be through the air. The part that scares me about that is that if you just let that defense align loose on the Michigan side, that create, could create sacks like you talked about and turnovers, which kind of had me leaning towards the over. Um, I know you I know you disagree with the lean there, but um, I really think that Michigan is going to separate this game in the trenches with their defensive line, although Michigan State does pose a very, very good offensive line. Um, when you are thinking about over and unders, even though turnovers would generally uh, be considered random, do you think about that as far as uh, turnovers leading to more points, or do you think about it as maybe turnovers uh, keeping points off the board? Well, as you know, that can work both ways. You know, turnovers in your own end or turnovers in the other guy's red zone. You know, one one you want if you have an over, one you don't. And I do look at that as much as I can. Uh, I, I, I don't think turnovers are random. But, you know, you can find quarterback stats in the opposing team's red zone uh, and in their own ends, you know, from the 0 to 20, 20 to 40, um, 40 and going the other way, 40 to 20, 20 in the red zone. Um, I think it's ESPN is where I get that. I can't remember, but they have a, a breakdown. So, you know, you can get a, a, a likelihood, if you will. I mean, some quarterbacks like in the NFL, they, they don't screw up in the red zone. Other ones do. And, you know, I also think that a lot of that depends on play calling too. If you know, the, the offense is you know, third and eight from their own 22, and they're asking a quarterback that doesn't throw well to complete a, you know, 15-yard pass over the middle, and that's not his mo. Uh, I would I would hesitate there. So I also usually look back at previous games down down in distance situations, and you know, then I think, well, are they going to be in that situation here? So is it predictable? No. Is there enough to throw out there to give you a guideline? I think so. Yeah, it's just always something that I think about, um, you know, some defense are just create havoc, um, especially when you're talking about one of the top ones in the nation. Uncle Dave, as wagers, um, you being professional, me amateur, they say that we never remember the winners, but we never forget the big losers. And let me ask you this, when Michigan went back to punt um, and that ball got fumbled and tossed around and thrown backwards, uh, in this game uh, a couple years back. Did you have money on that game? And do you remember that game? Um, I do remember that game and I did not have money on it, but I was definitely rooting for that not to happen because a very good friend of mine is a huge Michigan State fan. And uh, I was just rooting against them because I didn't want him to win. <laughs> He's a really good friend, isn't he? Well, you know. He was the manager of one of my businesses, but he would never let me forget about Michigan. Imagine somebody from uh, Michigan in Vegas at the sports book 
with like, I don't know, 10 grand or something, something that means a lot to them. Would you say that's probably the one of the worst ways you could ever lose a bet? Well, it would be one I would never forget. <laughs> Me either. Until the next thing happened. I mean, you know, there's been, oh. there's been a bunch of egregious things like that. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Well, we're a rivalry game. Um, you know, I, I just have to take the points there and I kind of lean over. I'm going against you a little bit, but we'll go ahead and move on. Uncle Dave, next game, number 22, Iowa State. They're five and two. They're going to travel to unranked West Virginia, who's three and four. Opening line uh, has Iowa State minus six and a half over under 47 and a half. Current line, Iowa State minus seven over under 47 and a half. We know that the Cyclones have the better um, defense here, but West Virginia tends to play better at home. Um, I'm kind of thinking about taking the touchdown, and I do like the over as well. Yeah, I kind of hate this game. Actually, I hate all these games, but we picked them because they were games people would want to maybe Time out. You picked them. The executive Um, producer, you picked them. Okay, I did. Um, I noticed I didn't pick Georgia-Florida. I mean, it's it's 14 points. I mean, who cares? Go dogs. I don't really care. Um, I would kind of like to see Florida win just to shut the Georgia fans up, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I like West Virginia here, too. I think – you know, it's in part because they had a nice road win at TCU. But more importantly, in that TCU game, they put up 487 yards of offense with a very balanced attack. You know, Iowa State won and didn't cover against Oak State, but that was an extremely draining game. Uh, so situationally, I think it's West Virginia's. I, I would be mindful of the fact that the market kind of likes Iowa State. So I reserve the right to change my mind. But Iowa State beat them 42 to nothing in Ames last year. So there's even extra motivation for the Nears. I like West Virginia's defense more than some might. Um, they did help Texas Tech to 23 here at home. Uh, they held Oklahoma to 16 in Norman. So they have a great rush defense. They only allow 3.4 yards per rush. And while I like Brock Purdy, I think Iowa State isn't known for being a vertical offense. Um, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but the only time Iowa State's really been offensive this year is against Kansas and UNLV. Um, so both these teams are actually pretty methodical there, 93rd and 97th in place per game. So I don't see Iowa State being able to get and maintain margin. So barring overtime, I, I do like this one to stay under as well, which is another reason I do like West Virginia. You know, the total hovering around 48, and I get a touchdown or 15% of the expected points, I'm going to have to take it. Yeah, West Virginia, um, they already had earlier in the season, uh, going back to September, a big win at home against then 15-ranked Virginia Tech. Uh, They won that game 27-21. Then, like you said, I think they lost to some pretty good teams. Uh, OU, number four in the nation, like you said, held them to 16 points. And then a really good Baylor team, uh, they did get blown out by them, but that was on the road. Um, I think that – you know, looking at West Virginia, they were able to bounce back. I think a lesser team that maybe wasn't emotionally invested after a big blowout on the road in Texas would go back to Texas to playing a good, at least good coach uh, TCU team and would probably lay an egg. 
They did not do that. They came out ready to play the handle business on the road. Now they're coming back home. Uh, one of the greatest traditions uh, uh, when they sing uh, West Virginia there. I want to be a part of that. But I want to be a part of that as a night game, not an afternoon game. Singing those songs in the afternoon just doesn't do it for me, Uncle Dave. It has to be at least 10 o'clock at night. I've had to have at least oh, five or six cocktails on top of maybe five or six beers. And I got to have the mortgage on the line for me to really get into it. Me and my wife. I'll tell you this I'll never forget it in my in my life she didn't know it but we got field tickets uh to an Iowa game when they were playing ranked Ohio State Urban Meyer RIP Urban Meyer was still the head coach there Iowa was getting six and a half at home they won outright we stormed the court I was as happy as can be but what my wife didn't know is that we were winner of five hundred dollars that game so it just makes it a little bit more uh, enjoyable when not only the university can get the upset, but so can your bank account. Well, I could tell you stories like that, but I won't. If, I think if we have a totally separate um, podcast and it's just story times with Uncle Dave, I think that that would get some mad, mad ratings. It might. I mean, I could tell you about the time I took her to an FSU Florida game. and I think she's still pissed at me for that. And that was probably 10 years ago. Why would she be mad at you for that? Um, because the tickets were frightfully expensive. And wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just for the listeners, are you telling me you don't get Dave Essler doesn't get comp tickets wherever he wants to go? I did when Bowden was there, but I, you know, once Jimbo Fisher came in, I lost all ties. Well, you must not have donated enough. I didn't. <laughs> I, I donated, but not money. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I understand. Um, Okay, well, we're going to move on. I think we're both on West Virginia there. I do want to ask you closing line value here. Do you think that number is going to settle at seven, or do you think we're going to get more than a touchdown? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it might go over seven at some point. It looks like it might. Um, I, I hope it doesn't because I did take West Virginia already. I'm, I'm considering doing something to get out of it because if it goes over seven, that's going to take some pretty significant money. And I mean, they're going to have to make a decision to, to stick to my initial work or get a little concerned. So, okay. That's a great point. And we want to talk about this because I know that me and you understand this. And I know that most of the listeners do as well, but for those who don't, whenever we feel from our side, like the numbers too good to be true, we like betting it. For instance, under a touchdown, people think, okay, Iowa State can create margin and sure they're the better team they're going to win by a touchdown we just saw what they did but when it goes over that over expectation then you kind of get the more square bet on well I'll take the touchdown and the hook we kind of shy away is that accurate in some situations for sure I mean I that's kind of a daily thing with me you know I I I, I make a fair bit of my bets prior to the day of the game. So I'm always anticipating I'll get the best number. And I didn't see that going over seven. And I think it's depends on what number, for example, if it goes to four and a half, you know, it goes up, it's three and a half, four, four and a half, you know, basically after that it's dead till it gets to six. So when it goes to four and a half, it typically goes to five and a half, but they won't let it go to six. That doesn't concern me as much as seven going through to seven and a half. Yeah, totally understand there. 
Um, it's just, you know, this is great information, guys. Um, you're like you said, I, I know that I'm really propping them up, but seriously, do your research on Uncle Dave if you haven't. Um, one of the best in the world, and this is free advice, so it does not get better than that. Uncle Dave, let's move on. We got unranked North Carolina. Surprised you put this one on the list, to be honest with you. But we got unranked North Carolina. They're four and three. They're traveling to number 11, Notre Dame. They're six and one. Opening line, Notre Dame minus four and a half over under 62 and a half. Current line, Notre Dame minus three and a half over under 62. Uncle Dave, we have some reverse line movement here. As much as I hate in the morning drinking kale, broccoli mixed, shakes that I know that are good for me that I have to choke down I want nothing to do with North Carolina but it seems like that's the only side that I'd be willing to bet yeah I mean I put this on because it's Notre Dame and it's on TV and people are going to want to bet on it and there's a bazillion Notre Dame fans everywhere and yeah I guess that number only being minus three and a half is expecting a, a letdown for Notre Dame I mean but then again you know we know the Irish have Little to zero running game. They average 3.0 yards per carry, which is good for 119th in the nation. For clarification, there's 130 teams. And North Carolina's run defense, it isn't horrible. Uh, and their pass defense is in the middle. So, in fact, statistically, aside from an advantage to the Irish's rush defense, I don't think these teams are that dissimilar. Uh, I know Howell isn't a Heisman candidate anymore, if he ever really was. But if you take away the Heels' first game against Virginia Tech, Hollis thrown 17 TDs with only three picks. Then again, that was the only ranked team UNC played, and they didn't win, not to mention it was their only other true road game this year. And interestingly enough, they played a neutral site game against Georgia Tech, who beat them 45-22. to 22. So, yeah, it makes it really hard to go to North Carolina and, and hard to be a total square and take the Irish. You know, so with that said... You know, Notre Dame has only seen one game go over this total. And, of course, because it's North Carolina, it's North Carolina inflated because they can't score. Um, but I don't think we see the second game go over the total Saturday. I mean, both these quarterbacks get sacked an absolute ton. So back to one of our original things we talked about, you know, barring strip sack short fields, I like the under. I can't disagree with you there. Um, now, are you angry because you had future bets on Sam Howe as the Heisman Trophy winner and that all went down the drain week one? Am I angry? Yeah, are you angry about it? Do you even get angry anymore? Um, not too much at games. I get angry with people. Which ones? Hopefully not the ones that live with you. Oh, well, we don't have to talk about that. Okay, well, you're angry with me today. You called me some very unkind words. You texted me and asked for something, and I gave it to you. I did not ask for something. Well, I gave it to you anyway. All and right. you mad me for giving it to you. <laughs> Uncle Dave is all about tough love. Uncle Dave, let me ask you this. Who's the better coach in this matchup? All things considered. Boy, that's a tough one. Um, I'll take Mac Brown. Me too. And so will my wife. You, you rest easy for one more day in my house. You know, my dog's name, we talked about dogs before the show. My dog's name, Golden Retriever, is named Mac. And that is for Mac Brown. <laughs> and I did not know that going in. So you did not. No, you did not. So that's really good here. Uncle Dave, this next one, what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and go through the teams, the records, the line. 
And then I'm going to count to three and we'll go one, two, three. And all I want you to do is name the team, the first name of the team, okay, of who you have betting wise. And we'll say it at the same time because I want to see if we're on the same page, okay? You good with that? Okay. Number 10, Ole Miss, they're six and one. They're traveling to Auburn, number 18 in the country, which is coming in at five and two. Opening line of this game, Auburn minus one over under 66. Current line, Auburn minus three over under 67. Okay, ready, Uncle Dave? One, two, three, Auburn. Boom! I just had to do that for my personal self-touting. I love when I'm on the same side as my Uncle Dave. Tell him why. Well, Auburn's quietly five and two, but there are two losses at Penn State and to Georgia. So those are both games they figured to lose anyway, and they actually played Penn State pretty tough. And as far as good wins go, they do have a conference road win or two, I think, which are never easy at Arkansas and at LSU. Um, I know they're not Alabama, but they're also not Vanderbilt. You know, and honestly, I don't see good wins for Lane Kiffin. I mean, at Tennessee, I guess, which is a, a road conference game, but barely. Uh, and that offense that we think just scores 50 every game, they've only scored 31 in each of their last two games. You know, it, it feels like betters are expecting Ole Miss to score 50 every week. And, and Auburn uh, just isn't what they were. Uh, you know, I think both perceptions are incorrect. Auburn averages 433 yards per game on offense. Auburn is better on third downs. Auburn has a better run defense. Auburn has a better pass defense. Auburn's quarterback gets sacked far less than Corral. Auburn knows how to play with tempo. I trust Byron Harson more than I trust Lane. Auburn had to buy last week. I like Auburn. Yeah, me too. And this just comes down to not only the defensive side of the ball, like you talked about, but I think that it's just one too many punches for Ole Miss to escape. Um, you know, I felt like they should have been out of it in Tennessee. There were some weird things and then the delay. And then of all things, do uh, you see the end of that game where the quarterback like didn't even give his team a shot in the end zone and ran it from the 30 yard line with no, no time on the clock. Yep. How foolish is that? Anyways, that pissed me off. How, how bad is coaching is my, would be my first question. Well, I would agree with that. But, I mean, look at the last the last four weeks at Alabama against a tough Arkansas team at home, which they should have, could have lost, then at Tennessee, then at home versus LSU. I think this is just one, one too many punches. I think they've been taking body shots uh, for the last four weeks, and I think that Bo Nix and Auburn is ready to expose them. This was almost my best bet. Um, if that line would have stayed at two and a half, not three, I would have liked it even more just because we could see what we saw with Arkansas, uh, maybe it coming down to the last possession or maybe even an overtime game where a team has to go for two. I, it, it just didn't sit right with me. Um, I liked my best bet in the under a little bit more, but I do like this one. This would be my four way, I guess, as you would say, or RJ and the boys would say. Um, but for me, it's, it's the defense and it's the spot. Six o'clock. Um, at Auburn, you know that crowd's going to be ready. And as polarizing as Corral and Kiffin are, don't you think that kind of works against them when they're on the road because people want to see them lose? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Absolutely correct. I mean, I, I see Lane's pretty active on social media. And, you know, he was even on there today um, retweeting something. And, you know, I think, he just, I think he just antagonizes the wrong people sometimes. So, you know, yeah. I definitely think that's a factor. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I 
I definitely don't think he is the coach that everybody else thinks he is. I think it's situational. You know, he he's he's at the right place at the right time to make Ole Miss look half decent. But you know, if you look at his track record, you know, it's not it's not great. I mean, it doesn't suck, but you know, he's not Nuke Brockney. Well, his track record with the Raiders suck. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, there's always USC and there's always Tennessee and there's always Florida Atlantic. But again, I think so much of that's situational. So yeah. I, I, you know, again, as I said, it comes down to trust. Um, I trust what Harson's doing more than what Kiffin's doing. Yeah, and Bo Nix does play a heck of a lot better at home. Um, I will say, though, that if Old Miss does win this game outright, um, I might start leaning towards them. But like I said, I still think it's just too many big games in the SEC, and um, they're they're bound to have a letdown. I think it's coming this week. Uh, I don't. I excuse well, me. You also have the the lower ranked team favored, right? Know, there's a little yellow flag there anyway. And and the line went towards Auburn and the tickets and the money were on Ole, or on Ole Miss. Yep. So there's a lot of different things. Now, I don't know. I might have missed it. You Which know me. Ole Miss will win 41 to 17. I'll be, <laughs> well, I'll, be, I'll be pissed for about 30 minutes and then another game will start. You know, I know sometimes you think I don't listen to you, but I really, really do. But I apologize if I missed this. Did you have a lean on the total? It has went up a bit. And I believe that the public is on the over. Yeah. And and I don't know. I mean, inst- yeah, I guess it could go over. But I mean, instinctively, uh, it would be probably inflated because it is Ole Miss and because it is Carl. But you got to remember, they've only been scoring 30 points, 31 points the last couple of games. Um, you know, Auburn has a great defense and, and they're not dynamic on offense. They're pretty good. So, you know, I guess blindly, I would probably take the under, but that would obviously be with trepidation. I mean, they could score 80. I just think the value might be on the under only because it's, 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 it's all misinflated as most of their games have been. One of the biggest reasons why I hate taking um, unders uncle Dave is because uh, you might catch the game later, you're at work or you're doing something, and then you look at it and it's like a 21-14 into the first quarter, and then you know you're just shot. At least if you take the over, you always have hope going into the second well, you know, look, look at it the other way. If you take the under, you're always covering until you're not. That's true. If you take the over, you know, it could be 60 and it could be 6-3 to three in the middle of the second quarter. Okay, but what about when you crossfire with your uncle and you're on the under and the total is 67 and a half and at halftime it's 64? Well, yeah, I did kind of I did kind of win that round. Yeah, exactly. So not no love lost there, but okay, Uncle Dave, last game. Uh, I, saved, I saved this one for last because I know you. Well, not me, my wife. Well, that's an, an extension of you. Mama's not happy. J-Rod's not happy. That's true. She can make my life uh, very unpleasant if she wishes to do so. We have unranked Texas, how the mighty have fallen, traveling to surprise number 16, Baylor, who's 6-1. and one. Texas is 4-3. and three. Opening line, Baylor minus 2.5, over under 64. Current line, Baylor minus 3, over under 61.5. 
Uncle Dave, I know that I have a marriage obligation with this pick, but I true deep in my heart um, believe that Sarkeesian is going to have his team ready. I like the Longhorns. Well, I'm going to have to take the other side. Um, you know, I'm still seething from Baylor beating Iowa State. Uh, and because of that game, and I watched every single play, I still think Baylor's under the radar, at least as much as the 6-1 and one team can be under the radar. You know, that one loss came at Oklahoma State, who we now know to be for real after they pushed Iowa State to the brink at Iowa State two weeks ago. You know, both of these teams come in rested and off a bye, uh, but this one comes down to who I trust, and I trust Baylor over Sarkeesian. And Texas has one road win and barely at TCU. They melted down against Oklahoma. Um, that still sticks in my thought process as a matter of trust. And, I mean, it clearly goes to the trust issue. Texas cannot stop the run. They're 112th in the nation in yards allowed. Baylor loves to run. They run almost as much as any team not named Navy, and they're good at it. They average five and a half yards a carry. Now, with that said, I'm always leery of betting against Bijan Robinson, uh, but Baylor stopped everyone else this season. And when Texas drops back to pass, uh, Thompson's been sacked more than I would like any quarterback to be if I was betting on him. Uh, and if he can throw five TDs with no picks and almost 400 yards as he did to Oklahoma uh, and lose, then regardless of what he does, I don't think Texas beats Baylor. Yeah, Baylor's actually averaging 239 rushing yards per game opposed to 232 passing yards. So they are running it at an exceptional clip. Uh, Texas does have work to do on defense. Um, I like the over as well. I know that's going to be very square, um, but I, I like the over. I think that uh, Baylor is going to gain with margin. The only reason why um, I'm leaning towards Texas is because, um, A, I think this number is going to go up a little bit. I think it is going to go over that three and a half. I could be completely wrong on that, but I like the field goal. Texas isn't really traveling much. They were at home the last two weeks, although, yes, they do have losses against OU and Oklahoma State. This is not like this is Sarkeesian's third year in the program where, you know, he's just trying to keep his head above water and get out of the season, this, that, and the other. No, he's working on things. He understands that he has a free pass in year one, and I think he's going to be motivated. I think every win matters, especially in a recruiting battle, and this is a recruiting battle. Baylor is up and coming. You see their record, the number in front of their name. And, uh, you know, this is a territorial state here. Um, so I think that uh, they're going to do everything they can, um, obviously, to get the victory. I don't think you're going to find any slump on the Longhorn side. You mentioned Bijan. Um, he's going to give us 110% all the time. He has a little bit of Heisman odds in it. Um, I really don't think we're going to see a letdown from Texas. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, even go um, against them getting an outright victory here because um, I do like Sarkis. Um, I know that he's kind of inflated because of where he was last with Alabama, but I like what he's doing there. I like Thompson at quarterback. It's just the defense that concerns me. So I'm on Texas and I lean over. Um, any final thoughts here, Uncle Dave? I have a question. Um, Giddy up. Is Kalen sitting on the other side of your desk? No, my wife is a teacher. Um, she's a school teacher and we're recording this during school time. I got gotcha. you. I just, that was a pretty ringing endorsement for the hook'em horns. I was wondering. I, I, listen. I was wondering if you were getting some gentle or not so gentle persuasion. So when we were dating Uncle Dave, you know how sometimes um, a guy might go to um, some extremes uh, to woo, let's put that, um, the opposite sex. Um, if you know me and Uncle Dave does, maybe you'll love to woo the same sex. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching it, Uncle Dave. I'm not going there. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. 
if you if you know Seinfeld, then you you know that you, now. <laughs> you know that catchphrase. But um, no, um, I I am a I was born and raised in California, so I'm a diehard Raider fan, right? But there's so many college teams spread out in California, it's really hard to have that rooting interest. Like when you're in Nebraska, okay, you're a Husker fan. That just are what you are, what you are, right? So I never developed a true love for one college team. And that's great for me because I watch college football objectively and I love it just as much as the NFL. So I don't have any dogs in the, in the race or horses in the race, whatever you want to call it, unless I have wagers on them. Anyways, long story short, when we were dating, let's just say I bought a lot, a lot of longhorn stuff, uncle Dave, and we went to a lot of games, uh, bad news for my wife. And she'll hate that. I'm telling this story. Uh, my wife is bad luck for bad luck for Texas. We've been to three games in the last five years. They're zero and three, and one of those games was a loss at Kansas for the first time I think in like eighty-seven years. We stormed the court, and my wife had tears in her eyes. But I told her, "There's no way we're not storming the court with all I think thirteen hundred fans that were at the Jayhawk game." <laughs> well, yeah, you know that just goes to show you stuff happens, doesn't it? Yeah, like uh, me getting married. Uh, that would be as, uh, in the category of stuff happens because I don't think that was supposed to. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna push the green button on this Texas Baylor game. Go ahead. What should we wager? Let's give something to the people. Um, I don't know. You pay. no vig here. You're giving me what three and a half. You're giving me the hook. You are bitching at me this morning about not having any more wiggle room in your daily budget to bet more games so well when you give me 17 plays there's only so much i could do i think there's only 15 okay well okay so you're gonna give me three in the hook since you're the professional you're gonna give me the hook here oh i'm taking the money line no 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 how about this for the people uncle dave now we know you have obligations but if texas covers the three and coach j-rod wins you gotta make up separate from your obligations, some type of premium play that we wouldn't go into detail for next week? Uh, yeah, I don't care. Oh, we're on. Now, What? and if you win, what do I have to do? Just eat shit. <laughs> eat crow? Yeah. All right, perfect. So there you go, the public. That's worse more, more than me than anything that would be task-oriented. Perfect. I'll do 30 seconds of touting to Uncle Dave on why I was wrong. So listen. Me and the people, you might call me the man of the people, are on Texas plus three. Now, are you giving us the hook because you're the professional or not? No. All right. We're on it plus three. I didn't hold you to the money line candle. I'm not going to give you a three and a half. Okay, but pushes go, pushes go to the public. Can we say that? I hope, you know what I hope happens? Go ahead. I hope, I hope Baylor's winning by like four, and Texas has the ball like fourth down at at Baylor's 20. And because Sarkeesian's dirty, he kicks a field goal. No, because he can't win. He has to go for it. Field goal would have covered for you, but does Texas no good. So, yeah. True. All right. So, me and the people are on Texas plus three, but you didn't hear me there. I said ties, pushes, go to the public. Uh, fine. Perfect. We we just got extra big right there. I'm like, I'm like so minus EV on this one. Yes, you are. We're bound to win, boys. We're bound to win. All right, Uncle Dave, rapid fire. I hope you're ready. Give the people some pizza bets. Um, I don't even know how these did. They might not want to hear them anymore. Uh, they'll take them. 
You ever seen a degenerate scrounging for picks when they're down five units? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I kind of like Syracuse, especially if you can still get a six. Uh, Miami of Florida, I, if you can get a 10. A um, lot of sharp money and people I talk to uh, do like Miami quite a bit in that one. And what else? So we're getting into the later games here. Um, let's see. Huh. Interestingly enough, you know, Virginia's getting a lot of love at, at BYU. That's one that I would I would consider. Um, I think Stanford beats Washington. Um, let's see if I can find another one. Um, Got to be another one somewhere. Well, here's an interesting one. Um, I might even bet this at some point. California plus one and a half at home against Oregon State. It opened one and a half. It's still one and a half. As you'd expect, the mass majority of the tickets are on Oregon State, and that line's still sitting there. Let's see what it is. It's some sharp books. Yeah, it's minus 113. Um, if that goes up, I would be inclined to take Cal. I don't think they're as bad as everybody thinks they are. I don't think Oregon's as good at state is as good as everybody thinks they are, uh, and certainly not on the road. So that would be that's one that I might have to look at even further. Great stuff, Uncle Dave. Um, like I said, I was touting over the weekend. I'm going to throw out my one play, and all I want you to say in the rebuttal is agree or disagree. But this isn't my favorite play, but one that I picked out that I do like a lot. This is recency bias for me on Sunday. Panthers look terrible at New York. They could barely score. They didn't even, I mean, that was an easy under. Wink, wink there. Um, easy, easy under. Falcons went on the road. They beat a Miami team. Blah, blah, blah. Give me the Panthers plus three on the road in Atlanta. Um, I think I'll just have to take the fifth. That's fine. No worries there. No, I, I, I know Carolina sucks, but I watched a good bit of that. Miami Atlanta game live. I watched parts of all of them as the week goes by, but I watched a good bit of that. And, you know, yeah, Atlanta won, but uh, that's a clear case of Miami lost. I mean, they did, they did everything to lose that game and, and committed every penalty and turned it over at the most inopportune times. So yeah, Atlanta won, but I certainly won't call that a good road win. Uh, that could have, could have gone either way. Especially with the turmoil with two in the quarterback situation and the yeah, John Watson thing. Well, that's a whole other podcast, but you <laughs> yeah. know, I don't like Darnold either. So you, you're probably right. Uh, um, I, you know, I don't think Atlanta's all that good. Pitts is starting to really make his mark, uh, but you know, really is kind of being left alone. And you know, my only thing I would have to look at is a little bit of history because those division games never seem to go. Uh, the way they're predicted, they, the, 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 the familiarity is just a, it's a big deal. Each one knows what the other one's probably going to do. Uh, but, you know, then there's Sam Donald or whoever else. I, I just think Carolina has the better coach. I'm going with, uh, with the coaching staff over there. I, I, mean, I would agree with that. You know, the total's coming down. Um, I, I would agree with that as well, I think. Well, Good stuff. Uncle Dave, week nine in the books. Guys, please don't forget to go over to bettingpredators.com. They have picks, 
Um, they have fantasy advice, season-long daily fantasy advice. Um, they're doing some really good stuff over there. A lot of premium and free content you guys don't want to miss out on. And also, please don't forget to go uh, visit uh, pregame.com where you can find premium picks from guys that are also on the betting predators like Sleepy J and my main man, Uncle Dave. Um, those are uh, two of the main sites that we use here to get our information. And they are just throwing out amazing stuff week after week. So once again, please visit those, thebettingpredators.com um, and pregame.com where you can find the premium picks from um, all the pros. Uh, you can also find me in the free forums giving out average advice. Uncle Dave slapped me on the wrist. I had to uh, take it down a notch. I was getting a little out of hand. Is that right, Uncle Dave? Well, it's easy to do when you're kicking butt, but when you get to be a year older, you'll recognize that um, there is regression in all of these things. Well, I think I went from over 70% now to 68%, so I'm going down the total. Last sample size. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Guys, please join us next week. We're always going to be here for free content. Um, we, we wish you the best of luck, and hopefully these bank accounts grow. And not only that, hopefully Uncle Dave is providing you with some valuable information where you can make better decisions on your wagers. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at CoachJRod1. That's Coach J-R-O-D, the number one. And then you can find the professional himself at Dave underscore Essler. Don't forget me and the public. We're on the same team this week. Hook them horns, Uncle Dave. Sorry for your luck, buddy. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.